Hey, this episode is brought to you by Bob's Containers. Bob's Containers is the leader in shipping container housing, modular solutions, and more. It's a no-brainer with Bob's Containers. Turn your backyard into a profitable machine with a quick Airbnb, a backyard office, or something more. We also make shipping container offices, container restrooms, laboratories, anything you can dream of. We'll containerize a solution for you. So check us out at bobscontainers.com or give us a call, 833-265-3269. Thanks. This episode is brought to you by Vineyard Sun. Vineyard Sun is a local Austin company that makes quality sunglasses made from sustainable materials. You can see their styles on vineyardsun.com or follow them on Instagram at vineyard underscore sun. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Moon Tower Business Podcast. This is Joseph Obel, and today I have the pleasure of speaking to Joby John, who is the CEO and founder of Nimbus Healthcare. Uh, Joby, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Joseph. Yeah, thanks for being here. Uh, maybe we can just get started by you just introducing yourself to listeners and talk a little bit about your background and kind of your experiences. Sure. Um, my name is Joby John. I am originally from Dallas. Um, I lived there for eight years. Uh, then my family decided to move to India. I lived in India from eight through eighteen, middle school and high school. Then at the age of eighteen, I decided to move back by myself. So. My dad got me a ticket, gave me a $100 bill, and I packed my bags and I uh, moved to Dallas. Uh, lived there for a year with my uncle, worked, bought a car, and I moved to Austin, transferred to UT as a transfer student. And uh, I've been in Austin since then. Um, awesome. Yeah. So I did my undergrad at UT, then went to pharmacy school uh, at UT as well. Got my doctorate in pharmacy from there. Um, and then right after I got out of school, I started my first pharmacy here in Austin. That's great. What got you interested in in uh, following a career in in, uh, in in being a pharmacist? You know, that's an interesting question. I, I I've always been allured to the industry of pharmacy. My grandfather was actually a pharmacist in the British Army. You know, he after he got out of the military, he came back home in India and started his own independent pharmacy. So when I moved back there, I kind of grew up around that setting, and I just love the fact of how he was able to help people. The most important part to me was the fact that he could just give away meds for free and not charge it because he had the capacity to do that. And I thought that was such a great, like as a young child, I thought that was such a cool thing to do where somebody's needing something and they can't get it anywhere else and you're able to provide that kind of care and they're so grateful. So that always kind of stuck with me. And, uh, you know, I had, I had that vision when I moved here. And, uh, you know, when I moved, I wanted to stick to pharmacy. I only applied to one school. I wanted to stay in Texas. Um, so it was pretty hyper-focused, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. All right. So you lived in India. What part of India did you live in? And what was that experience like for you? Uh, I lived in Kerala. It's the southernmost tip of India. Um, it was quite an experience because, you know, I was born here in Dallas. So I'm moving there when I was eight years old without ever having even visited. So I was basically a foreigner in India. Because right. I didn't speak the language, I had to get used to a new culture, new language. I mean, everything's new. But this, since I moved when I was eight, it was a lot easier. So because you're very formative, like your formative years, you're very like adaptable, right? So um, I was able to quickly adapt, learn the language, make friends and whatnot. So it was it was, it was a it was a really cool experience. Um, I don't know how that would look in today's age, but <laughs> when I did it, it was fine. 
And I had That's to do the same thing when I moved back, right? I lived there for 10 years straight, never visited. So at the age of 18, I had to move back here and figure out how everything worked and adapt and uh, uh, just restart. And so was it was it difficult to kind of pick up the language there when you moved there? Oh, yeah, it was it was very difficult, uh, especially to read, write. But I quickly got got used to it because they teach you that in school and your parents help you. So uh, I was able to adapt. I think it took about a year. Wow. Well, that's cool, man. So you uh, you graduated from pharmacy school uh, at UT. You started uh, your own pharmacy, Lake Hills Pharmacy in Austin on Bee Caves Road. You were the youngest uh, pharmacy owner in Texas at 26 years old. What motivated you to kind of start your own business and pursue that path? You know, it's, you know, going through pharmacy school, I was very active um, as a student at UT on campus. Um, I was a pharmacy council president. Um, I just always liked being in a position to where I can kind of deliver or do things I kind of wanted to do that I thought was right. In the field of pharmacy with a lot of regulations and working for big corporations, you're not, you can't do any of that, right? So there's only so much you can do. So um, I had a vision of what I felt like pharmacy should be like. And I kind the only way I could do that was to start my own store. And uh, luckily, I was able to find some great mentors who'd been in the business for a very long time. Obviously, I had no money, so they financially backed me and, uh, you know, uh, got me going. And uh, I was able to avoid a lot of the mistakes most people would have made starting something from scratch, from zero patients and growing it because they had that kind of experience of what not to do, right? So uh, that was very fortunate. And, uh, you know, whenever I go back to UT, I always tell students, like, that's why you have to stay involved in state organizations, student organizations, et cetera, because... That's how you meet alumni and mentors and uh, are able to learn from them. So um, I was very fortunate in that aspect. And I was able to kind of drive my vision home um, because of the relationships I had. What year was that when you started uh, Lake Hills Pharmacy? 2013 is my last year of pharmacy school is when we started putting the business plan together. And uh, 2014, January is when I started the store. Interesting. So it sounds like you had some good mentorship back in um when starting that but was it a challenge to kind of think about the business side of it and and like all the moving parts yeah it's interesting right as a young entrepreneur you're coming out uh, especially out of art school because there's so much schooling you're going you know, undergrad grad school yeah you're used to the retail environment if you're working for walgreens cvs or walmart or whatnot but like the nuances of what happens in the back end you never get exposed to right like how the funds transfer and how long it gets takes to get paid and like you know usually in the pharmacy business it takes 60 to 90 days to get paid on claims you adjudicate so you have to figure out cash flow to get you through all that stuff right so that, that was all new to me starting off and that's why you know you've got to learn from others who've been down that path before and uh, i was fortunate that's great so that's 2013 i guess in the last few years you launched nimbus healthcare Talk about that. Uh, what what year was that? Uh, and then just kind of, you know, explain what Nimbus Healthcare does. Sure. It kind of goes back. To, so when I first started the store, how we built up a reputation and built the store was really off of compounding prescriptions. Are you familiar with what compounding is? Like compounding of prescriptions? No, I don't. Okay. It's basically making prescriptions from scratch using active pharmaceutical ingredients. So it's usually things that are not available for buying off the shelf, like manufactured from somewhere. 
for example, like suppositories, trochees, creams, uh, different variations of capsules with different things. So we make it all in-house in our compounding lab. So it's a very personalized medicine, right? It's made for you based on, you know, whatever your doctor thought would need to be changed from what is actually available off the shelf, right? So that's how we built our business. And a lot of that was in the hormone replacement er uh, therapy area, like um, for men and women. Um, So that's kind of how I built my business. I kind of became a subject matter expert in that field. So doctor, I would do consults with doctors and help them prescribe these hormones and kind of, it was a true collaborative practice where you're working with a physician and a patient to kind of optimize their therapy. So I was able to do that starting off because I had the time. But, you know, as you scale, it gets a little harder to, you know, answer all these calls and follow patients through if you're doing hundreds of thousands of patients. So I wanted to create a technology platform. So that was uh, 2016, 2017. I started uh, putting together these ideas, building algorithms on, okay, how would I approach this? And this was before machine learning was a big thing, right? Like you just follow algorithms. Um, so I put together, um, I started a tech startup then called Hormones of Me that helped physicians prescribe these hormones um, based off of patients going online and answering a questionnaire. And this was around the same time Roman and Hims and uh, these companies were starting to come out. Um, and I always tell my friends, like, I stuck to hormone replacement therapy, which is a very complicated arena. They went with like ED pills and like very easy to deliver things. And it all started at the same time. So if I had started with that in mind, I probably wouldn't be on a different trajectory now. But uh, but personalized medicine's always been my passion and what I wanted to do. So it, the hard part of getting truly customized personalized medicine is the initial consult with the physician. It's very expensive. You have to go see somebody who knows what they're talking about. The integrated medicine doc, you know, the average cost to see an integrated medicine doc in the United States is about twelve hundred dollars. Like the stats wow. that are out there. So no, it's it's not affordable for a lot of Americans, right? But what you get after the fact in the form of treatment, which I produce all day, is only under a hundred bucks a month. So wow. that's affordable, but getting to that point is really hard. So I saw an issue there, right? And that's what I was trying to solve. But going back to the origin story, so I had hormones in me, got that going. And it was a different business model where we we're actually, you know, working with physicians had to log into their our portal. Uh, it wasn't integrated with their EMR. We didn't have funding to do all that kind of build that at that time. So it, it ran it for a while. We had a couple hundred patients come on, but then COVID happened, right? COVID happened and then at-home testing just became really big. And the downfall for hormones in me at that time was the fact that we had to rely on physicians to draw labs, right? Like, right. so we had a symptom-based questionnaire and we could make recommendations off of how the person's feeling. But at the end of the day, you still need labs to kind of validate that and kind of complete the whole journey. So at-home testing became really big. Patients were comfortable pricking themselves, doing swabs, et cetera, et cetera. I saw that as an opportunity to leverage CLIA wave at-home tests to incorporate into our algorithms and make better recommendation plans. And this is around the time machine learning was big too. So we started incorporating a little bit of that. So um that's how Nimbus was born. And that's what Nimbus's whole ethos is around is that it's you can get care from the from the comfort of your home by getting the testing done, doing your telemedicine visits, uh, and getting prescriptions delivered to your house. Was that 2021 when that got started? Yeah, 2021 is when we started rolling in the whole testing aspect of things and uh, a lot of R&D, a lot of product development, as you can imagine, especially being a young startup. So we we actually got launched with sales this year. 
beginning of this year is when we really got going. Uh, we started off with men's health, then we launched, then we did that at South by Southwest is where our initial launch was. And we launched women's health here at South by in 2023. So that's really when our sales started kicking off. So on my goal with Nimbus is to really get that personalized level of care and make it affordable and accessible for Americans all over the country, right? So like I mentioned earlier, that initial piece is always finding a doctor who knows how to perform these evaluations and uh, you know, getting over that hump is always hard because there's a there's geographies in place, there's obviously finances in place. Um, it's really hard to do. As AI and machine learning is adapting and getting more in, like involved in learning about the healthcare space, um, you can leverage that to make these consoles cheaper. So that, that same doc who had to sit there and look through two hours of data to figure out what is going on with this patient, now only needs five to 10 minutes because we are able, or not me, but our computer, AI and machine learning has made it able to like, just like crunch data and spit out like what actually matters, right? So that's that's what we do. That's that's the core thesis behind how Nimbus operates is we collect data, we use technology to really crunch it down and make it easier for physicians to deliver care. Yeah, you talked about how you know it's expensive to kind of have to go to a doctor and, and follow all that path to get to where you need to get this treatment. I mean, not only that, but like making time and taking time out of your day from work to show up to a doctor's appointment is just kind of a hassle. 100. The average, the, this is a crazy stat. The average time to get into a doctor's office now is three weeks. Wow. I had a buddy who hit me up this morning saying, dude, I've been sick all week <laughs> and I can't get in to see a doctor until Tuesday. Do you have any recommendations on what I could do? Right? Like that's the world we live in. Unfortunately, it's a, uh, there's this big, like the health of your system, because you know, is super disjointed and broken and like, you know, there's innovations happening in that space to kind of get it back on track. But uh, um, we're focused on the personalized medicine aspect of things. So you had some, I read that you had some personal ex experiences with some of the treatment that you're offering through Nimbus, right? Yeah, no, exactly. So uh, how Nimbus got started was on the hormone replacement therapy arena. And while I was doing all that, uh, I guess this is probably the stresses of starting a startup. Um, I started losing my hair. Like I was starting to get ball patches in my beard, you know, that slowly, you know, beard's easy because you can shave it off and you're fine. Uh, you know, if it's bald spots, you pop me up. But then it started happening in my hair and I could not figure out what was going on. So it's, it's alopecia is any kind of, any form of hair loss, it's a broad term used for that. And what I had was alopecia areata, which is an autoimmune issue where your body's immune system starts fighting off the hair follicles in like these circular patches. Um, a lot of times induced by, you know, stress or, you know, viral infections and a lot of stressors can induce it. But my goal was to treat it. How can I treat this as fast as possible? And that's when I went down this rabbit hole of figuring out genetics and pharmacogenomics is what that whole arena of uh, science is called. It's where you look at somebody's genetics to see what drugs they will respond to the best. And I think that's going to be the future of medicine, period, um, as we get more advanced in that area is what works for you, Joseph, is not going to be what works for me, right? That's everybody from a like ideology standpoint understands that. But what the problem's always been, we didn't have enough data uh, to figure all that out. And now we do. And now it's quantum computing and AI. You can really get honed in on what's working and what's not working because it's all based on data. So I had this issue and I wanted to solve it as fast as possible. 
So looked at my genetics, figured out a concoction that would work for me, which is not available on the market, right? Mine was like latanoprost. Uh, it had a steroid in it to kind of suppress the immune issues and in a very quality deliverable mechanism and with minoxidil. So that's not available on the market. And I figured I was not the only person who could benefit from this. So that's how we started the hair respiration piece alongside hormones um, when Nimbus got going. That's great. So what kind of feedback are you getting from uh, your patients or, or customers uh, that are that are using Nimbus Healthcare for to uh, for their solution? No, they they love it, right? The, the 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 cool thing is how easy it is to do, right? We're a very tech forward platform. You get your test kit in the mail, or you can buy it from one of our retail partners. Um, the onboarding process is super easy. For the DNA test, it's basically a swab. You mail it out. You get your results. Um, we were doing synchronous visits before synchronous visits where you have to book an appointment with a physician to go over your results. Um, and then even that was sometimes tedious for patients because you have to align with somebody else's schedule and it's hard. So then we launched asynchronous visits where, you know, your genetics is your genetics, right? And we have enough data to figure out what's going to work for you. So you don't really need a visit with a doctor for hair restoration stuff. Like it's really... This is what your genetics says. This is what's going to most likely 99% of the time work for you. We've already evaluated to see if you have any allergies, if you have any other issues that will impede you from being on any of this stuff. And they just, they do an asynchronous like texting visit with the patient and then they get the meds they need delivered to their house monthly, right? Um, and then with hair, it's beautiful because you know if it's working or not right away. Like not right away. It usually takes about 90 to 120 days, but they can tell if you give it about three months, you can see this working. That's awesome, man. So are there any other companies that are doing something similar? What does your competition look like? So there is nobody doing hair restoration based off of genetics, direct consumer on the market. Uh, you, you know, you have your big, big unicorns like Roman, Hims, Keeps, who are in the, in the space of hair restoration as well, where they're sending out minoxidil and finasteride. That, and that's the thing. That that's where I see healthcare changing in general is they're treating everybody still the same way with guideline care. Basically, there's only two FDA-approved drugs for hair loss. It's minoxidil and finasteride, Propecia, right? Um, so that's all they use in very different forms. We're using any, like, we have an arsenal of like 20 different ingredients we can use based on your genetics and what will work for you, like things like nutasteride, caffeine, arginine, melatonin phenylactone, like you name it, like you can use these for hair restoration, um, but they're not doing that. So there's nobody really honing in on hair restoration the way we are. Can you give a, like an example uh, without obviously using somebody's name, one, one of your patients or customers that has used Nimbus Healthcare and kind of start to finish just kind of a summary of the process, how they uh, got onboarded and, uh, you know, the issues they faced and how they were treated? Yeah, I mean, we've had, you know, oddly enough, when I started the hair restoration piece of things, I thought it was going to be very male focused, right? When you think of androgenic alopecia, usually you're thinking of guys who have receding hairlines and crown on the back right here that's fading. Um, that's that's kind of how it started. But there have been more and more female patients coming on board using our services. I would say it swayed 60 to 40 now. So wow. and that's where we're seeing. A lot of the growth is in our female population because they're very in tune with what their hair is like. And there's a lot of hormonal changes, et cetera, that do cause like thinning and hair to fall out. Uh, and if it 
think about how much money you spent in the hair market, like getting your hair done, cut, extensions, weaves, whatnot. I've learned a lot about that space. I, I, I was not too familiar with that, but we work with certain hair salons, et cetera, where the seller gets and I've learned a lot. So we've seen some very transformative like changes for females, especially who were struggling with like like really bad energetic alopecia. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, I didn't realize that that was a you know such yeah. a big deal. Geographically, where where are your users? Are they kind of all over? Yeah, so we started off in Texas. There's obviously a lot of regulatory things when it comes to sending prescriptions, etc. Uh, we have since launched into all 50 states as of. Last month, we're in all 50 states for hair restoration and hormones. Weight loss is another aspect that I'm excited to talk about that we just launched about two, three months ago. And we're in all 50 except for California. Yeah. So what's going on with that? Can you talk about kind of how that got yeah, started? Yeah. What- I'm sure you've heard of Ozempic, Wigovi. Yep. Yeah. These are like what what's termed as miracle drugs, right? GOP-1 meds that... Originally, we're developed for diabetes, but, you know, obviously uh, works great for weight loss. And, uh, you know, uh, Nova Novartis went and got an indication for Ozempic to become the Govi under weight loss indication. So these these drugs are great. GLP-1 drugs are great. It helps people curb their appetite and, um, you know, really lose weight by not eating much, right? And you're starting to see a lot of these, I don't know if you follow the market pretty closely, like yesterday I was following along. All the HCA healthcare stocks are plummeting, um, surgery companies are plummeting, et cetera, because people are starting to lose weight. They're I read about that. They yeah. become healthier and it's affecting the capital markets, which is insane, right? Like, yeah, I can't wild. believe that. <laughs> and when you think about it, oh my God, people are losing weight and it's affecting capital markets because they were counting on, you know, obviously from historical data, people being sick, et cetera, to do surgeries and like diagnostics, et cetera. And that's, it's crazy to me that it's happening, but the problem with these drugs are they're very expensive. Like Ozempic usually is about a thousand bucks a month if insurance doesn't cover it. Rigovi, uh, Manjaro are like $1,200 a month if insurance doesn't cover it. Once again, this goes back to the affordability aspect of things. What happens when somebody's insurance doesn't cover these drugs? That's where compounding solutions can help. So there's a very specific niche that's happening now. This might be a little technical, but you probably would love this. It, as a lawyer, these drugs are on the FDA short supply list right now. Because the need, the, the supply, the supply does not meet the demand. So this allows compounders to compound these prescriptions uh, so that you can meet the need. So we have been able to partner with pharmacies who are actually making this at a cost where it's one sixth of the cost of what it would be for somebody to pay out of pocket. So our patients are getting semaglutide now for $199 a month, opposed to $1,200. Right? right, which is pretty wild, right? This is where there's this is why big pharma gets hit a lot, and you know there's that that big discrepancy, and it it took something like this to kind of bring that to light, right? Because obesity, you know, seventy four percent of America's obese technically, right? Uh, it's a big problem, causes you know a lot, all sorts of other chronic conditions down the line. But if we can curb that from happening, you know, you can fix a lot of things, cardiovascular risk, like everything kind of goes down. So we've been able to get an affordable version of this out to the population. And uh, that's really boosted our growth over the last two months. We grew 130% from Q2 to Q3 because we so were able it, to get this off the ground. Was it a couple months ago when you, when you kind of launched that or is it? Yeah, we launched it at the end of July. Wow. Yeah, right, in, right into Q2. And uh, it's really kind of rocketed our growth. 
uh, which is awesome for startups, right? Like, and this is the this is the thing with startups—you never know what's going to happen. We were just positioned really well in the market um, to take this on and get this level of care out to patients. Congrats on that success! Thanks, man. So, um, you launched in 2021. Did you take on investors? Are you looking for additional investors? Yeah, yeah. So I, I did a small friends and family round. I bootstrapped it from the get go, um, and then it got to the point where okay, I need to raise some capital. Um, I was never of the mindset of raising capital unless you need it. Um, uh, unlike what you see in the tech arena, where you're raising millions and millions of dollars and not really needing it until you get to the scale point you need to get to. So bootstrapped it, raised a small friends and family round. Um, we've raised a little over a million bucks, and we were able to like get the product up and running. And now we're actually break even, like with our growth and it's at a point where now we're like okay if we want to fuel the growth we need to spend more marketing dollars right that's the that's the that's the precipice we're at now so i'm actually looking to close out our round out by the end of the year and we might look for some strategic partners to kind of help good. that happen gotcha good deal good deal well in closing here is there anything else you want to share with listeners about uh, nimbus healthcare what you guys are are anything coming up in the future to look out for uh, anything else you want to share about Lake Hills Pharmacy in Austin? Yeah, I mean, if you guys are in the Austin area, stop by Lake Hills Pharmacy. We've been a community staple. We're about to celebrate a 10-year anniversary, believe it or not, uh, in January. Um, but Nimbus Healthcare, we know we're on a mission to make personalized medicine affordable and accessible to individuals all over the country. That level of care shouldn't be as expensive as it is. So that's our goal. And uh, keep an eye out for us, I guess, as we continue to grow. Good deal. I'll put the uh, information about Nimbus and uh, Lake Hills Pharmacy in the show notes. What's the best way for listeners to learn more about you and Nimbus Healthcare online? Um, our website or LinkedIn, our social pages are pretty popular on Instagram, et cetera. So um, Instagram's at Nimbus Healthcare. Um, my personal Instagram is JohnRx and so is my LinkedIn. Good deal. Last question I ask uh, all guests on the podcast is, oh, they, at least they're ones that, that live in Austin. What's your favorite restaurant in Austin, Texas? Oh, you know, it's I'm a I'm gonna throw one out there that you probably don't hear about a lot. It's Chisos. And okay. It's because it, it's out here towards Bee Cave, right? It's uh yeah, it's in the Hill Country Gallery Mall. So it's just you know I've known the owner Chad for a long time, and obviously the small business owner. I want to support other small businesses, which is the beauty of Austin. You know, small business supporting small business. So check out Chisos if you get a chance. Great Southern American style food. It's right across from Whole Foods, the Hill Country Gallery. I've been there. Good stuff. I, I really like that place as well. Uh, good yeah. shout out. Awesome. Well, Joby John, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing uh, your story, your journey as an entrepreneur and a little bit about Nimbus Healthcare and uh, Lake Hills Pharmacy. Congratulations on your success and I wish you the best and hopefully we can have you again on the podcast sometime. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. Have thank you so evening. much. Bye-bye. This episode is brought to you by Vineyard Sun. Vineyard Sun is a local Austin company that makes quality sunglasses made from sustainable materials. You can see their styles on vineyardsun.com or follow them on Instagram at vineyard underscore sun.